Blog Talk Radio. Father calls a son. He does not leave him full of the world, of his own desires and instincts of the flesh. The father calls his son to his side, and then angels are dispatched to bring him his son. These angels know the condition the son must be in to present himself before the father. He cannot come full of himself with all of his worldly desires, his ego, lest he feel the pain of his sin and flee before even hearing his father's voice like Adam hiding from his shame. Like fine gold is refined by fire, the son is confronted by the devil face to face, just as Job faced Satan at the will of God. As Christ was tempted for 40 days prior to returning to start his ministry, Christ faced the evil one who brought the heat of the furnace to purify his heart, soul, and his mind of this world. Every calling in the Word of God for the Son of Man is the same, but manifests in different ways, but always has the same outcome. The Son of Man is finally purified, refined like fine gold, knowing his own sin and grasping the law of God so deeply that he can finally confess his unworthy stature and repent fully, completely, with a fully humble and contrite heart. Then and only then can the Son approach the throne of His Father. And even so, He still crawls. The fact that you are here listening to this show demonstrates that you are heeding the call. For many are called, and few are chosen. Those that are chosen have to actually respond to that call. Hi everybody. I think this is uh this is Steve Olson and I'm just sitting here waiting for my friend Derek to come on and it's good to have you. Hello everyone. Hopefully you can hear me now. Steve, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, Derek. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing really good. Hopefully everybody else can hear me. Since you can hear me, I assume that everybody else can. We've had so many technical technical demons today, both myself and Jeff on his podcast. It's been quite incredible. But uh, if you can hear me, then that we- means the microphone is working. Um, good. I hear that. Uh, yes. So no WSO site. Okay. So Steve Olson is on with me, everybody. And uh, so now that everybody can hear me, I'll give you a little heads up. Uh, We have only an hour for the show today. Um, Unfortunately, again, along with the technical demons that we've had, the show schedule itself, it changed to 6 p.m. instead of 7. So 
it essentially I uh, I'm only allowed two hours during the day, and so it's counted down already an hour out of that. So we're stuck with just one hour. So I think what we're probably going to do is go uh, fairly quick to the calls. I'll just give a little bit of a little bit of an introduction as to what we're going to be discussing here. Obviously, um, the the title of the show is about breaking free from the beast system and also separating yourself from the world, so dying to this world. Now, those are two very different things, um, but at the same time, they're also the same thing. So from uh, there is a spiritual separation from the world where the things of the world just become unimportant to you. And then there is a there are certain requirements. Obviously, you are living in this world. You some of you own businesses. Some of you have jobs. Some of you are you know you need to make you need to make money. You don't have another way. You can't have a garden. You can't take care of yourself. You don't uh, live off the grid. Um, you you know you don't have a solar farm powering your place. So there are certain elements. And every single situation for each person, each family is all unique. And but the one thing that isn't unique that is the same is a spiritual separation, and that is a difficult that is a difficult uh, a difficult task to complete because that separation can be painful. In fact, it will be painful. Um, it's very similar to what you read about Christ is that he was separated from his family. That his family thought he was crazy. When his family came out to talk to him, he said, they're not my family, you're my family. So the people that understood him, that had also separated themselves, his, his disciples, they had all um, left the world, essentially. So they were on their spiritual journey. And so it is the journey that is difficult. Now, for me, being locked up, that journey, uh, you know, I, I actually consider myself um, blessed for that. Because that allowed me a physical separation. I didn't have the ability to connect with people. I couldn't, I couldn't be held responsible for paying somebody else's bill or to helping them move or anything. So that was a, a, a massive lesson for me on being separated. And then um, now on the outside of that, I've had to adapt everything to be very much the same thing. So if I could ask you to just imagine that if you were separated, so the different, for different people, it's different things. If you died today, if you physically died today, you were in, in a, a terrible accident and you died, think about what, what you would be able to do. What could you help somebody with? What is it that you would be able to contribute to? You wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to do anything, and they wouldn't be able to expect anything of you. And that is really um, what is similar to dying to the world. It's as though you died. You died to everything. That doesn't mean that you don't care about them. But this is a, this is a, a, a turning yourself inward, that in order for you to find your higher self inside, that those that are on the outside that influence who you are and who you've been, that they try to make you – they try to make you part of their world, right? And this is the Vesca Pisces system that Jeff and I have been talking about in the past past couple shows. That the everybody has their universe. They want you to be a part of it. So in order for you to learn how to be a part of their lives, but not integrated as part of it, where your entire life is now about managing everybody else's perception, managing everybody else's happiness. 
that they can be happy with me. They can be happy with you by you not being the the person that you were before. They will find new values in you, that you're there. Your support system is there. It's not about whether you pay their bills. It's not about whether you're taking care of them and helping them move. It's a complete separation. And so for some, this is very, very difficult. Now, that is primarily a spiritual conversation, and that is a conversation for a much longer podcast, in fact, many, because everybody's going to have very specific scenarios. But I want to talk about the separation primarily on this show since we only have 49 minutes left in it. Talk about um, the separating yourself from the beast system itself. So some people have companies, some people have jobs, all of these things. So I want to address some of those questions. And Steve, um, but I would like uh, to hear from you, Steve, as far as the things that you're already experiencing, things in – because obviously you're quite separate from the world. You, you're not doing something the traditional. You don't live the same way that other people live in the world. So what has this been like for you? Oh, well, you know, thanks. But uh, it exactly comes down to a couple of things, right? It starts with a, a, a humility and a humility to hear the truth. Because in order for you to hear the truth, because this is the enlightening pro- the process of enlightenment, I guess I would say, is the idea that you don't know everything and that you need to be taught certain things. And as you start to learn what the truth is and light comes to you in certain areas, it tends to turn inwards right away too. So when you see it in the world, you have to see it in yourself. And both those things, part of this, is it, it, the reason that there's so much suffering involved with it is because you're literally being burned by the refiner's fire. And that's how I got to this point in my life. Because I started to understand that all of the things that I was going through in my life, in the, in the la- especially in the last three to five years, have all been preparing me, refining me, so that as I started to see light, it didn't just melt me like a blob of jello on a hot day. You know what I'm saying? You need to be strengthened through a process yeah, it's of refinement amazing. in order to see it. I'm sorry, Derek. Go ahead. It's amazing you you mentioned the refine. No, no, it's amazing that you re- mentioned the refiner's fire because everybody thinks, and this is what's so remarkable, everybody thinks that the church is giving you these things. But the church, you walk in, you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you do a, you know, your magical enchantment, and everything is fine and dandy, and it's supposed to be wonderful. But the reality is the scripture points to quite uh, uh, quite a different scenario. Christ promised quite a different scenario. He said that you will be persecuted. There will be troubles. There will be pains. This will be bad. You, you're you're going to be separated from your family. Your family will hate you. Like all of these things. Th- this is why it is a narrow gate. This isn't easy stuff. So I want to no, preface this. No, by just furthermore, let, no, Derek, let me further underscore. People will betray you You'll be sideswiped by people that are setting traps and snares for you left and right. You're constantly being under a barrage because that's the that's almost like the gauntlet you go through because they do not want you to see the light. They do not want you to see the truth. At all. They don't want they don't want you to yep. see just how um, um, unbelievably powerful the angelic human hybrid is. Okay, this this human mm-hmm. fully expressed. A human spirit fully expressed, the essence of your soul is so loved in this universe, powerful in this universe. And, but to get, for some reason, as we come out of this, and I don't even like to call it the matrix systems because so many people 
takes that as a science fiction uh, kind of geeky weird thing. And I don't. I want. I want you to understand. It is literally a prison where people are eaten. Their souls are eaten here, and they have us so knocked out, so amnesia. We don't remember any of it. So here's what's been happening that's different than, say, the last 500 years or more, as far as I can tell. And that is right now we are getting, you know, a very strong reverse negative flow of energy hitting us from an interloper star in our solar system, and it's kind of ripping down a magnetic sheath of the field that has been kind of surrounding this Earth centuries, as far as I can tell. And we're getting we're getting direct communications now from the outside again now, right? And in order to hear that voice of the Father and the and all of the angels that did not fall, which is two thirds of them, by the way, and all the help we're getting from that, it has just been a super powerful thing to see. But to see it, you have had to then you have to humble yourself to the point where you're allowed to be taught again, so that you can remember. Because it is way beyond anything you're ever going to hear in a church or you're ever going to hear in a synagogue or a mosque or any of those places. Because when you get a direct connect back to your original blueprint, okay, it is completely unbelievably energetic. And you start to learn things at an increasing rate of speed. And this is happening right now with an acceleration I've I'm quite astonished with right now, Derek. In fact, I'll just turn it back over to you. I'm just astonished on how fast it's happening right now. Yes, and, and you know the amazing thing is, is that you know Christ talks about his return as being, um, it isn't the return of the Son of Man isn't something that can be observed, right? That he was speaking of things that were going to be taking place, things that could not be observed with the physical eyes, that you would have to be in tune inside. These things are taking place. And so if you're listening now and you're looking to try to separate from, from this world, now this is – I salute everybody that is actually listening and in the chat room because this isn't, um, this isn't the conversation that many people want to have. And I can tell you that there are, uh, there are some people that I've communicated with that have different types of situations in their family where they're learning – this separation and learning how to coexist in this world to live in the world but not of it and it's remarkable that it the transition it is terrifying to make it is terrifying to make but once you do it is so liberating the liberation of of look christ didn't say my yoke is easy and my burden is light for no reason but yet then he warned you of all of these these things to come as well so you you become separated those that Again, you become comfortable being uncomfortable. I, I, I use that phrase often because that's how it is, and you become unattached. You're just not attached to anything. Your car could be wiped out, and you'd be all, well, that was supposed to happen, right? Yep. And, um, Derek, I wanted to see if I could make a red-letter reference here, okay? And it was, yes. it's all – I was meditate. I've been meditating over the last six months, uh, especially over the – Parables of the Kingdom of God, and one that comes to mind is the one where um, Isu was talking about uh, the pearl of great value of price that you would sell everything that you had. You would give everything up to get the Kingdom of yeah. God. And I when yeah. I meditate upon those value, those value statements about the Kingdom of God. What I want to reassure people with is, is as you're going through this process and this journey, because I know many of you right now are in the middle of this. 
it's a confusion. It's a, you know, it's a conflict within your heart. It's a back and forth. It's a push and pull as you go through this. That gauntlet has been there to kind of block us for this, from this for a long time. But right now there's a lot of help for you. And as you get through it, what you're going to find out is that pearl, which is the kingdom of God, which is you in you. That is you, you, that true pearl of great price and the very earth that we stand upon. The very earth we stand upon are so precious, it's worth everything. It's worth everything. Trust me, it is, too. It really is. I'm seeing it now. Yeah, and that's it's in, incredibly and, worth yeah, it. Yeah, and that, and yeah, and the crazy part is, is that, you know, they, people don't understand that parable. And then once you, once you're living that, you fully understand the parable that nothing matters. As I was saying on, on uh, Jeffrey's show today, tonight, I said that, you know, it is, uh, that that separation, if you want to practice what it is in the world, right, if you want to learn how to make this evaluation external of your place, just go into your bedroom and do this, do an exercise for yourself. Ask yourself the most honest and respond the most honest way. Take everything out of your bedroom, separate, clear out a spot in your garage where you can put some things and go, I'm going to take everything out of my bedroom and my bathroom everything that I don't actually need that I could live without that I don't really need it. And before you know it, you're going to look at that bed and you're going to go, do I need that $3,000 mattress? Right. And you'll start picking away at it. And it's the, the simplification. In fact, there was a video and I can't recall the name of the video. If anybody, uh, if anybody uh, knows of the video, you can post it in the chat room. There's a video of a girl that was, uh, that there's kind of a, uh, I guess, I don't know, it's a fad or something, but it's a great exercise itself that um, she took everything out of her room. She was doing just that. And uh, and it was a simplification of life that you don't realize that you end up maintaining and managing a bunch of stuff that is so meaning, meaningless and pointless. And we do this with people, with friends and family, where we feel like, oh, we've got to go do that with them, or you know that's important to them, so I'm going to do that. Where you begin to only focus on the things that are important. And this girl, she goes through her room, and before you know it, she has nothing. She's got a mat on the floor. She doesn't even keep her pillow. She just rolls up a little blanket, right, in case she needs an extra blanket. Then she pulls that over. And before you know it, she's got a toothbrush, no toothpaste, because she doesn't need all the crap in the toothpaste. She just needs a toothbrush and to rinse out her mouth. And no makeup. She doesn't need the makeup. She doesn't need the things on her counter. She doesn't need those things. Um, it's remarkable that she's like uh, – she was talking about She's like, this is so free. This is so liberating that you, you don't realize how much in your life that you end up managing and that it's all a massive distraction. Well, one of the exercises so, um, is too that – no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay, Steve. Go ahead. No, I was going to say one of the exercises that I've been going through recently that has been really helpful for to me too is as I've been learning truths and it's been allowing me to kind of understand where the true priorities come from. And I speak from the eternal perspective, which is very little talked about, very little discussed, very little thought through in our communities, our respective communities. And I just want to put it out there that this, what we're talking about, is eternal science versus finite. And so when you start to see that you've been taught and you've been learned, you've been all your education, all of your, even your DNA, 
has been programmed in a finite life depth system and that your true nature is eternal, you start to see what they were talking about when they talked about don't trade your inheritance for a bowl of porridge. Now you can start to understand those parables yeah. too. Okay? Because yeah, you, wait, once you, you once you start li- once you start living these things, you see it all. All of these parables and all of the statements of Christ come to life. And you know, and so the the exercise that I was going to lead to those with that eternal perspective in mind, what is your highest priority? And that when you start asking and by the way, this is all about asking questions, guys. A humble man will ask questions and expect, expect an honest answer from the Father, period. And, you, and some people call it asking the universe. I get what you're saying, but ultimately I call it the Father, because these two did. Seems like a really good term, okay? And that answer will come to you if you have an honest and contrite heart. It will honestly come to you. But when you eat it, it will taste great. But let me tell you something. Truth, will, when it hits your belly, it is as bitter as a pill as you can take. It's like kind of John. That, yeah, it's like that movie in Matrix, right? You take that red pill, and next thing you know, you are getting shot out of a damn tube. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're getting puked out into a robot. You know what I mean? You're getting, you know, it's just crazy. And it is. You know what's so crazy, Steve? About, you know what's Steve about that scene, though. Let me just say this: it's amazing that people think uh, now. Think about the Matrix for people that have seen the Matrix. So, okay, so. He takes the red pill. He sees his hand go through the mirror. He goes through all of this. He gets shot out of that tube, sees all the bodies lined up in the, in the tubes. He's then – now he's on the ship. And then, only then, all, after all of that, he's already experienced. That's the awakening experience, right? And then he's with Morpheus, and Morpheus is telling him why, the why this is, this is happening. And now he's like freaking out. And and I watched that, and I'm like, wait, he's only freaking out right now when he's telling him why he was in this body system, why he was in this tube, why he was connected to all these tubes, taking the red pill, putting his hands through the mirror, and only now he's freaking out, right? So there are different levels to this, and the point is is that him that him actually coming to terms with who he actually was that leaving the matrix was an easy experience coming to terms with why you're here and who is here and what this all is, is brutal. And that accepting of those truths is the, um, is this impact that you go through. And I've already watched it where people accept this truth gleefully and they love and they adore this truth and everybody's great and wonderful. And then all of a sudden they recognize something about it. And then they turn on it, and they want to destroy it. And it is, it's remarkable. So many of you just recognize well, no, that you may on. go let's through that. On. Yeah, carry on with the, with the metaphor of the Matrix. And, and a lot of our audience have watched that movie, and, and there's a, another character in that movie. He's the one that betrays everybody, remember? And he goes into the Matrix, yeah. and he's like, screw the truth. I want, I want my delusion back. I want my red steak. I want, just make me rich. Make me somebody who's powerful and influential. I'll just get the hell out of here. I don't want the truth. Many people yep. have done that, my friends. They've yes. seen the truth, and they're saying, no, I'm going, I, want, I, I want to go back in the matrix again. Oh, my, oh, my. Yep. Wow, how evil and and the only way they them. can do it, 
And the only way they can do it is by attacking those. He, he killed and attacked a bunch of people that were outside of the Matrix, right? So he set them up. He'll throw them. He's the Judas he character of... He killed Pink, yes. man. <laughs> exactly. So now, I'm going to go to... Uh, I've got... I've, Got somebody on the, I've got somebody on the line that, um, from a realistic standpoint, the things that uh, that she's gone through, um, I know uh, I know her very well. Uh, we've had many many discussions. She's absolutely a phenomenal person. I mean, just an amazing person. She has a very unique life. She's a tower of strength. Um, she is in the spirit all the time. She's going to go. You know, she's gone through her battles, her ups and downs, grappling with all of these things as well. But she's very much, you know, has a house, has to has to manage those things, has children, um, has uh, 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 challenged children that are physically that have physical challenges. So she's a remarkable person. It's Tracy. Tracy, I'd like to bring you on. And and just if you could, please just give everybody kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't say, you know, a full testimony, but a brief synopsis of of your life, where you come from, from the church, not from the church. And and coming into these truths, what it's done for you and your life situation, what you have to contend with on a daily basis. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you great. Okay, great. Hi, Steve. Thank you both so much. So much for Friday the 13th being unlucky for me, right? <laughs> Anyhow, great to be on the show. So, um, so happy to... To be here with the both of you, like all of us, learning so much from the both of you. Thank you, Steve, and thank you, Derek. Okay, well, I have a few notes written down here regarding, and I'd like to start with that, actually, because I'm prepared for it. But I will, if there's time providing, uh, for me to discuss a little bit more about my personal situation and having grown up in the church and and all that has transpired in the last, <laughs> briefly, if for, I can even for do sure. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, but please, please. First of all, I'd, I'd like to talk about I, uh, my situation and how my heart goes out to those that, that are on fixed incomes and have uh, care for the elderly and the disabled. I have an autistic daughter. She's severely autistic. She qualifies for the most amount of hours that um, over here in California, they call it in-home supportive services, provides for and and uh, it's 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 a good little sum of money that I'm able to get by on very comfortably. However, because it's a state-funded program, I know and have been following the awakening of so many things with our country, as we all know. And I my heart goes out to all of those like myself that have this type of income as their primary source of income. And what in the world will we do when things go awry and whatever is to come comes our way? And not only just with the government and perhaps our state, but even down to certain workers that are paired with your, the person you're caring for, the, the, the people that oversee the cases, they go through 
different caseworkers often, and even that is fearful because one caseworker is different than the next, and that could make a difference in the hours that the person qualifies for. So there's a lot of fear in there. So the first thing I wanted to say is that it's definitely the detach preparing for detaching from the matrix or the system, however it is to hit you, because it, it could come in different ways, you know, through the system itself or through something happening in our country <laughs> from the San Andreas fault on, right? Who knows? So um, how do we do this? How do we navigate through these fears? And for one, the first thing that comes to mind is what we should be allowing to drop down into us is Matthew 6:26, which if Derek, you could pull that up and read it real quick. That would be great. Um, it's do you, do you have, I, about, I don't have the screen in front of me. Okay. I think I've got it right here. Actually, hold on. Matthew 6:26. look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more? much more valuable than they. So I think that the whole process, at least now I'm sharing mine with all of you, the process starts with having a trust in your father completely. You have to know that no matter what happens, you are going to be taken care of. You're not going to starve. You're not going to be naked. You're not going to have nowhere to sleep. You're going to have a roof over your head. You have to trust in that. You have to rely on that and know it. It, it as truth for you. You have to have that, first of all. And then after that, the process is going to be different for everyone. Just like coming to the truth that each one of us has is an inside job between each one of us and the Father. So it's kind of likened to the same. Um, it's how I, how I process mentally which starts with the mental. It's mental. At first, it's mental for me because I'm, I'm not going to cut it off right now. No, I'm not. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to receive those benefits and these services for my disabled daughter for as long as I can. Okay? That's the way I'm going to play it for me. That's, that's how I'm going to work it. And I don't have, for me, I don't have a problem between the father isn't telling me there's anything wrong with that for me. Now, for someone else, maybe so. Not for me, okay? So for me, I'm going to ride this train for as long as I can. And in the meantime, I'm going to prepare mentally for these different areas that I need to prepare for, which you both talked about already, some of those, which is like the gal in the apartment or what have you, and learning to go without. Yeah, Looking it is. It world. is a there, yeah. there is yes, a, so there right. is a process of learning to be without those things, and um, if you're not prepared, you know, just like just like anybody, look, uh, if the, the military knows what they're doing, uh, not agreeing with them, but they know what they're doing by by deprogramming you and then reprogramming the soldier, right? They're reprogramming them. That's what boot camp's all about. They're preparing them for the coming time of what they're what what they want them to be faced with it's the same you have to put yourself through this boot camp and that's really what it is is that you're preparing yourself to to be without you're preparing yourself to be with less and even if that's for 
what, what I've said, uh, prepare yourself because it, it builds a strength in you that you, you – this is what fasting is about. Fasting is about doing with something, doing without something that you're used to having. And in that, you begin looking inside for the strength that's required rather than depending on the food. You begin to, um, you, you begin to clean your system out of those things. The same thing physically. So you do a fast from the world. Take the next week and go, you know what? I'm not going to do the things that I normally do. I'm not going to rely on anything that I'm, that I'm used to relying lying on. I'm going to separate myself from those things. And if you go to work and if you have a job and you have to go to work, well, then you do the same thing at that job. You do your work and you do that. That's where it says go to work, do that, you know, do that in, in the spirit of the Father. And the amazing thing is is that you, you're separating. If somebody says, well, how come you're not going to lunch with us? Or how come you're not doing that? How come you're not going to the gym? Well, I'm, because I, I'm fasting from everything. That there will be a day that I might not have all of that stuff and I want to know what that feels like right and then that way the job itself becomes just another part of the exercise because i promise you that it's not like if you know if if the world goes to hell in a handbasket tomorrow um you're going to be working it's just going to be a very different job right you're going to be finding you're going to be doing whatever you can to feed yourself to feed your kids you're going to be doing whatever you can you're going to be doing something so the work itself becomes part of that you just have to begin relating that there's going to be a di- different work, right? That that if somebody exactly. say somebody say it did go to hell in a handbasket and you're off and you're on some property, you're going to be helping till some soil. I promise you that, right? You're going to be helping exactly. build build a, build a hut for somebody. You're going well, to be working. To, so, yeah, I wanted to put in the angle of of then another angle to come at this is with the word authenticity, okay? And what authenticity means in this whole kind of matrix of stuff that we're putting together, the virus that's going against the matrix, is authenticity that leads to honest questions that lead to honest answers. And the answers are good answers, but they, they hurt. They hurt only because you are being ripped away from something that is not true to something that is true. And that's really, really painful to go through. And I want to empathize with all of you that are going through it right now. Yeah. So Tracy, yes, exactly. Tracy, tell tell me. So tell me. Um, uh, you're talking about the things from a reliance on the beast system. Why don't you uh, Why don't you give us a little bit of understanding as to what this has done spiritually and how you've um, how you've managed to maintain your your spiritual focus on the Father through these transitions and the separation. Well, that is an every minute of every day process for me. There's never a separation with me and the Father, so it's it's every thought, as you say so many times, taking captive and just there's just not a minute of a day that goes by that I'm not walking with him, if that makes sense. Um, but I want to go back real quick to this because um, I think it's important for the people that are going through what I'm going through that, that are fearful. Um, it's important to walk through those processes in your mind mentally. Like, for example, I have to grind my daughter's food because she cannot eat solid food. She will be 13, and I have to grind it. So I, And this goes into another part of community, too, because 
that's that's preparing to be in a community, preparing mentally, visualizing myself being a part of a community, building a community, helping where I can with my gifts in aiding the community to share resources and trade their services because ultimately that would be the goal and the vision is to be in community after all the calamity or while it's going on down the mountain, okay? This is the process at least that goes on in my head. Of course, I don't know exactly how, and we, how can we know exactly how it's going to all unfold? We don't, but, but even if I, I've, I've thought it out this way, what if I don't even have power? How am I going to grind her food? Well, how did the Indians grind food? I'll have to do it like that then. Mm-hmm. And it's like just walking through knowing that, the, yes, I will have work, Derek, and guess what it'll be? It'll be planting those sweet potatoes, uh, you know, dealing with them in the garden, learning how to to uh, raise different vegetables and what have you, and picking them, putting them in a grinder, a physical little grinder, and grinding away by hand. And that'll be probably half my day, just preparing her food. And, and I've visualized this, and I, of course, I hope it doesn't get to that. But if it did, I'm prepared for it. I've already walked through it, and I know I can do it. So, so and, and, you know, there's different people with the disabilities. They have different devices that need to be where they need electricity and whatnot, and I know that there's you know, solar power and all this kind of thing, and there's power probably wouldn't even be an issue, but I like to think it out to the level of what if it did get that bad to where we didn't even have solar? You know, wh- what would I do? What would we do? And then another thing is all the different supplements that we're taking. I'm not, uh, I'm an advocate for supplements, but then again, a lot of these disabled children that they have them on every supplement under the sun if something were to go down and all of a sudden you didn't have access to these supplements, you would freak out and think, oh, my God, your kid's going to die because they don't have these supplements. Well, something told me years ago to not put my daughter on supplements, to do as much natural with her as I possibly can. So I've, I've been, I have been in this mental process of preparing for what might happen that – means detachment from the matrix and the systems so it is a good thing to do mentally it's a it's a good mental thing okay so other than that and and just speaking on the importance of building community and how that would come into play where all where and that's what i feel like is happening this is a great transition into the next part that you'd like me to talk on which is we are finding each other we are who we've always been looking for and waiting for. We are the body. And, and who, who knew it would happen on the Internet? Uh, my sister knew. She, she filled me in about that. Um, <laughs> and she's right. It's, it's we have all connected through the systems that be somewhat, and we are going to grow. And these, these communities that we're already building community. We're already the body. We're already connecting with one another. And it's a really beautiful thing. And, and I have gone, my personal story, I grew up in church. It was a very legalistic church, but it wasn't the Baptist church. We, we didn't agree with the Baptist. All them guys were going to go to hell. The one church I grew up in was the, the only true church, right? And <laughs> it was the church that, uh, 
but it was a church. Well, I don't even want to say the name, okay? Because I, I just don't want to say it. But uh, but the church I grew up in, like so many, was the only one that was going to make it, and that's how I was brought up. And I was that's never how they all allowed. Feel. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't allowed to read any of the. Not, I mean, no one told me I couldn't, but the guilt on you. If you were to read it, you would know that it, you had to do it in your closet and you couldn't tell anybody about it in the church if you read the Dead Sea Scrolls, for goodness sake, you know. So all my, my history is only in Bible. That's it. That's, that's, that's where I come from is just the Bible, the Bible only. So it's such a great adventure for me to learn about all these other texts that weren't included. And yet deep down inside, I knew that after uh, my grandmother raised me, and she studied Catholicism for 20 years, so I, I had the privilege of witnessing that and her bringing every Jehovah Witness that knocked on the door into her little, come into my house, little you little pretty, and I would just, you know, watch Gilliam's Island and listen to her go at it in the most graceful way with these people. I learned so much uh, just through observing her. But anyhow, so Bible, Bible, Bible is where, where, where I come from, and yet something inside, and I think perhaps some of it came from that study she did on Catholicism that led me to being skeptical about the canon because I, I'm thinking, wait a minute, Grandma, she, she learned so much about Catholicism, and she was so, she could, boy, she could go at it with a Catholic and show them where they're wrong and their Bible and their footnotes are screwed up and this and that, and, and yet, what about the canon? It's kind of uh, derived from the whole Roman Catholic thing. So Same thing. what about that? It bothered me. It bothered me. So that was one of my first questions to Derek was this big old long thing. And I said, oh, boy, perhaps I should have sent this in an email because I had this big old long list of all these questions that uh, regarding just the canon, not all the other questions that the pastors can't answer or grandma couldn't even answer for that matter because, oh, we're not going to talk about that, honey. You know, it's just that's this is just the way it is. You know, she had a she she had my grandmother had a uh, a pastor for a father and a and her mother was a Cherokee Indian that she would never refer to as psychic because that was not the right way to word that it was she had, she was clairvoyant she would say so so i i as much as she didn't like to tell me about the ways of the cherokee i got to learn about that also so i had this exposure of the cherokee ways and then also the christian dogma and so then boom out of the out of the blue like so many of us I don't even follow YouTube, never have, and uh, something pinged on my phone one day when the therapist was here with working with my daughter, and I'm like, what is this? And it was, it was the serpent video of Derek's. So of all the videos that could, I could have ever heard, uh, the worst, the, the hardest one to take in for me was that one. And the first thing I thought was, who in the, <laughs> who is this right <laughs> here? What in the world is he saying that, that, are you kidding me? So Satan created me? What? I flipped out about that. But I thought, I am fearless about learning. So 
I listened to a couple more videos and then boom, something hit me so hard and I've <laughs> never looked back and it's been the greatest adventure. I literally can say I've been on my whole entire life and I have taught Sunday school. I did Wednesday night ladies Bible study. I, I was past husband was song leader and his father organized one small home church thing we had going. I've had all with all of that going on in my background I'm telling you right now I know without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord led me to Derek and his ministry and I got chills all over right now talking about it because I know that I know that it is the truth Uh, uh, I love that Tracy I appreciate you so much we're gonna we've got 13 minutes left I'm gonna try to get a couple more questions in here so uh for future questions and Tracy, I'd love to have you uh, have you on more of the podcast. We're gonna, like I said, these these are gonna be um, we're gonna have more of these, and I think that you being able to respond to other people's questions, people that are in similar situations to you, will be valuable. So we'll definitely bring you on for those, and uh, bring you on as co-host, and just to be able to help address those because I know listening to you, you've given a lot of um, you know you've uh, told me about a lot of your situations, and I've kind of watched you go through and manage those. And it's been uh, a real inspiration to, to watch you do that. So I appreciate you, Tracy. And uh, I'm going to bring somebody, of course, of course. Thank you. I'm going to uh, uh, try to get to this next, to, uh, to the next caller here. I've got um, area code two, three, one, three, seven, three. Please just, if you can, uh, since you have such a short time, just quick, uh, just your question, please. Um, and we'll uh, try to get it answered on the show. Oh, sorry, I've got 480273. Sorry, 480273. Hello. Hello. Um, Hi, you have a question? Can you? Yes. Um, for people that want to break out of the system and wish to start an off grid society, there's some you know, hurdles, if you will, about annual taxes on property or things that require a monetary income to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Just trying to figure out how it's possible to do something like that without having a form of income. Well, yeah, you know, that, that obviously those annual taxes, that's precisely what those things are designed for. Let's remember that the system has been designed to prevent you from doing these things. But, um, if you and that's where you go to places where you know you go to uh, if you're going to have an off-grid property you're going to find that the first of all the property itself is going to be fairly cheap out here in Arizona i mean i've looked at properties where you can get 10 acres of property for $1100 right it's it's uh, it's going to be out and out and about you're going to be able to get to it you can drive to it but that's really truly off the grid and at that 1100 bucks, your, your annual taxes are going to be just a few bucks. So you basically buy that property and then pay you know, 10 years of, of, of taxes up, up front if you can, just so you're not even concerned about that. So that becomes part of it. But not just to mention that, if you look at the church and the building of the church in the book of Acts, that people that were coming to that. So if you're having a community that you're building in that off-grid and people are coming to that community, well, they're bringing what they have to bear, be somebody holding back something. Everybody is giving it up to come to that property. And so the basically everything that they have becomes community property. So 
if you're bringing people in that they have that and then also from that property just like just like the just like the tribes do right now you go out anywhere close to any of the reservations and they're at rest areas or whatever they're selling their charms and their necklaces and what have you the reality is is that you can you can um uh crafts arts crafts anything i mean anything what do you what do you have to pay if it's going to be very very lean and uh some people also they put together um out here it's it's great to be able to witness it they they have uh, produce. They sell that produce on the side. So if they have, you know, fresh potatoes that they grow, and they sell the they sell produce, and they keep what they need for themselves to eat. But they sell produce, um, you know, organic produce. There's lots of things that that can be done. Well, Derek, here's here's another way, I, uh, another angle or facet of it too that I've learned from, and that is, you know, uh, I was stopped in my tracks one day by the father. He just says, Steve, how much do you need? I'm like, what? How much do you need? Because there was a time when I just thought, you know, it's never enough, right? And I said, wow, I never really thought about that. So I just sat down and I said, well, this is what I need, <laughs> right? And, I, and, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's sometimes it's simple as really identify what you truly need. And I have found that he will make a way through a transaction or commerce or a friend will write you a check or something will come along. You know, it's, it's just amazing how every, everything will move around to meet that need. But until you define that clearly to the father and take it to him and say, look, man, this is what I need. It's like, you got it. What do you need versus what do you want? Because what you need yeah. is a lot different than what you want. What I need, like for, I'll give you a great example. We needed a vehicle to get back and forth to see Matthew, who's my, my son who's disabled right now and going through a recovery process. And so um, I just put that need out to people that I trusted in my community and they responded by buying me a car so that we could go back and forth. And I, that's all I needed, though. I didn't need a great car. I got a $5,000 car. I didn't get a $20,000, $30,000 car. I just got what, exactly what I needed. And then my son and I put a new front end in it, and I needed $400 worth of parts for that. So I just go to the farm and say, I need $400 worth of parts for this car. Boom, $400 will show up through a, like, hey, do this. Help me do this project, and I'll pay you 500 bucks. Okay, I'll do that for it. Boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, I've got it. It's defining what you need, not what you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so I'm going to go. We're uh, seven minutes left. I'm going to go to area code five zero seven three two nine five zero seven three two nine. You're on live with Steve and Derek. Hello. Hi, Derek. Hi, Steve. Hey. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Hey, What's your name? Um, uh, Joseph. Actually, I uh, spoke to Steve earlier this morning, uh, host of uh, What is the Truth Show. <laughs> what kind of cool oh, great. Down here. Um, I do have a question for you guys. Um, okay, so basically, uh, I kind of got it like a little bit from the uh, first call that you brought in there. Um, but more or less, like what my situation is, is uh, being stuck in the system and everything like that. Um mm-hmm. I do have from like a previous relationship a uh, son and we have like a child support thing that is set. Now, um, I don't necessarily have contact with that son of mine, but I'm wondering if that's something that I should like try to instill um, before everything more or less collapses uh, to build that relationship back that we lost. And um, I, it bothers me a little well, bit because, look, like, you, if you pull away from the system and everything, you know, they with the whole child support system that's out there, they put you in jail, 
and they shun you for all this stuff. But ultimately, I just I want to know if um, continuing to work and like providing what is needed in that aspect would be necessarily a good thing. Well, you know the um, the, the I first of all the the very first thing I'm going to say about about anything when it comes to repairing relationships is that always try to repair relationships. You know, I'm I'm always prepared. Even people that have hurt me, attacked me, somebody comes somebody comes to me and says, "Can we just forget about everything in the past and start again?" I'm um, I'm absolutely yes, of course, right? I, I don't hold any grudges. I hold nothing against anyone. Right. The only way that you the only way that I avoid people is when when they continue to do things. Right. It's like when they stop. Well, then they stopped. They've changed. They've altered the, the, everything that happened in the past. There, there is only the now. Right. There is only now. So. Right. But if you have a relationship, you have a child and, and that's a burden on your heart. You should absolutely always uh, try to try to just, uh, you know, let them know that you that you love them and that you support them and that, you know, if you haven't been there, seek forgiveness for that. Always try to repair those things with, even with people that, that, that aren't your children, right? Always be trying to repair those things because see your con, your consciousness is the critical key in all of it, right? This is your consciousness is energy and energy is neither created nor destroyed. Your consciousness existed before you, you were here in this physical flesh. Your consciousness is the eternal is your eternal being it is it is everything you are. So you want to make sure that you clean that up. Everybody, ha- every religion has a different name for it. Some's karma, some sin. But yes, get rid of that. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say because I mean, ultimately, I did have like a couple of fears that still like they're li- still prevalent and everything from that past relationship. And uh, you did kind of clear that up for me, basically stating you know like yes, uh, people do change and everything like that. And it's, still been something that is kind of on my conscience, you know, the worry of, like, has the situation changed? Is there a possibility of it changing between us? And um, attempting to build that relationship with my son so he knows, like, who I am and knows that I am his father. It's something that I've waited for for quite a few years. Yeah, the the reality is, is, um, like I said, there is only the now. The only reason the past exists is because we keep it alive, right? We keep it alive in our consciousness. Everything in the past. I mean, everything. Look, uh, the, the, past, the past 15 seconds on this show, to, to me, that's already done. I can't do anything about it. I'm not going to change it. So whatever happened, it is what it is. This is also the separation from the world spiritually, is that if that happened five minutes ago, I can't do anything about it right now. I live in the now. This is the, the narrow gate. The scripture says, be pastors by, be a pastor by, right? Be a pastor by. Yes. What happened already happened. Live right now. It's everything is about the now. Not, not 10 yeah. minutes from now, but right And right now, I love hearing the little, I love hearing the little one. I just absolutely <laughs> yeah. adore babies. <laughs> yeah, they are, uh, they're twins. <laughs> they are definitely oh, handful, awesome. I, I love them to death. <laughs> Oh it's, man, it's, I just love it. An easy way to easy way to remember it too, guys, is to say, <laughs> no matter what you've done in the past, do your best now. Do your best now. Keep doing your best. You fall down, you get it wrong, get up, do it again. Don't give up. Just do your best. Absolutely. Well, um, 
as far as your child support and and those pieces of what you're talking about, obviously, when the we've got 90 seconds left, when the system falls down, there won't be anything that anybody's going to be able to do about that. But the other thing is, the systems can't get blood from a turnip. When you've broken off from the system, and uh, you know you've broken you've broken yourself off, they can't force you to get a job, right? They they, yes. they can say, hey, well, you've got to pay. Well, I don't have a job. So the point is, is that if you've had a job and you've got a record where you've made money and you've filed taxes and then you haven't paid, well, then you're a deadbeat dad and they can put you in jail for that because that's their ridiculous flaws. I don't, I don't agree with putting anybody in jail for something like that because they don't know the circumstances. But I also know that there are people that avoid taking care of, taking care of their families and things like that. I know it's difficult. There are difficult situations. But I'm not going to be a part of the world, period. Right? I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not. They can't make me have a job. They can't make me get one, right? So if they can't make me have a job and I don't report any income, then they can't make me pay anything. So I, I do because because I want to. When I can, I do, right? It's it, nobody's forcing you, you to do anything. This is a separation from the world where where you're also gonna you're gonna get grief for that. So we've only got 40 seconds left in the show. I thank you for uh, Joseph for calling in. Hopefully, we'll be able to get you on a show. I'll check out your show, uh, What is the Truth Show. And, uh, Steve, I appreciate you coming on. We've only got 10 seconds left. Um, sorry for everybody that, that, that the show uh, lost an hour of our time. I'm going to have more of these podcasts over the next couple of days um, because these are, this is an important thing, and there's so many more people that I want to be able to speak to and be able to get to everybody's questions. So I appreciate everybody coming on the show. I love you very much, and uh, probably – we're going to take the weekend off because I need a break. I love you. And, Steve, I'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye-bye.